Hello and welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast. I hope you're well. Today we are discussing all the drama from game weeks three and game weeks four. Now, as always, you can join in the conversation by following us on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at PL Fan Podcast. Now, as always, this podcast is recorded live and unscripted and may contain some language and topics that some listeners may find offensive. Thank you for joining us on this week's Premier League Fan Podcast. Right, hello. Welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast. Uh, what a week it's been. I'm here and we've actually got nearly a full quota. Unfortunately, Troy couldn't be with us today. He's um, he's not sat at home crying about the weekend's result. <laughs> he is he is ill. He is poorly. So, you know, we, uh, we wish you all the best, Troy. Um, not that you listen to this, so <laughs> he doesn't listen to his own podcast. Um, but yeah, I hope you feel better, Troy. But I'm joined by three other presenters today. Um, oh. As always, Joe, Joe Ranger. Oh, hello. Mr. Arsenal, how are you? All right. Oh, I'm very well. I'm very well. Good, good. We are joined by Manchester United fan and new permanent host, Tom Peach. How are you, Tom? Oh, very good. Thank you, Chris. Tom. Tom is here to uh, to be here to be here, and he's going to voice. Well, you're going to have to double do double the moaning today, Tom, because uh, obviously Troy isn't here, and um, there's a there's a lot of Manchester United talk. You feel like you're ready? Uh, I feel like I've got plenty in the tank. I got a lot to choose from. Good, good, and f- finally, a guy who's had as many starts for us as Jack Wiltshire had for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> he's and isn't it isn't it funny how he's back just as Villa hit some form it's Luke Humphreys hello Luke how are hello. you I'm very good thank you very much it's been a while it's been a while Luke but I'm glad yeah, welcome to, back Luke glad to have thank you, you back much. Luke I'm um, Joe do you remember me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I think that so obviously Luke it's been a while since you've done this so just to let you know I mean I just talk when you're being spoken to and listen when you're not. There we go. <laughs> okay, guys, we've got plenty to get through today. It's been a crazy two weeks in the Premier League. Absolutely mental. Um, we're going to kick things off straight away. No, no, no fun and games. We're going to get right down to business. We're going to talk about transfers. So transfers, um, obviously, the international transfer window uh, closed. Uh, this week, um, obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday night, just to give the one listener a bit of context. Um, I think the one listener may have been hit by a car, so that is an issue. Yes. Oh my God, guys! Before we actually crack on, you two missed this. We've we've got we've got a fan of the podcast, but we're not entirely sure if he has been run over by a car. Um, if, if you if you don't know what we're on about, you have to listen to last week's podcast, which I'm sure you've done already, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes, if, you're the, if you're there, if you're there, if you're there, hope you're okay. P- please feel free to phone in. We want him on the podcast to, to guest. If you are listening, give us a call. But 
Trans- transfers. Let's start with you, Joe. Joe, it's there's a party going on at the Emirates. Oh, there's a big party at the Emirates. And by big party, I mean Thomas Partey. Hey. And it, uh, a, a, a great signing, wouldn't you say? A cent- oh, central midfielder. Unreal. Unreal signing. And, you know, the best, the best thing about it is when I go on Twitter and you see all the rival fans saying, can't lie, that's an unreal signing. Our club's been looking at him. I wanted him at our club. Um, and every single thing I've looked at, I, I haven't seen one person... And Twitter's always full of it, you know, banter between the clubs. And I haven't seen one post, you know, trying to slag him off or say that he's no good, um, which is, yeah, I think he's going to be a real game changer for us. And I think that almost secures, you know, we, we should be getting top four with this team. You, and you, That's a big statement. That's a big statement right there. Um, I mean, obviously, Arteta, if, if, if anything, the Arsenal window has sort of put a statement out wouldn't you say Joe to to to, to that you know he's hit he wants what he wants to achieve where he wants Arsenal to go and and what he wants Arsenal to do it's it's definitely starting to outline you know there's still a few issues at the club uh the Urza one being the massive one obviously um we've had to depart with a big big club history Gunnosaurus has left um that was crazy wasn't it but don't worry his wages are being covered aren't they by Mesut Ozil. By Mesut Ozil. I'm sure he can afford the 20 grand a year. Um, <laughs> it's, no, it's it's a massive statement. I think it shows exactly where Arsenal are heading. Um, and I think there was a big worry when, especially when Emery was there, that we were trying to change, use the players we've got. You know, we started to sort of work with them, but we never found a philosophy of, right, we need to challenge again. But mm. I feel like that philosophy is coming back in. I'm not saying it's going to happen this season. Um, but give it a couple of seasons and that's where I think Arsenal should be again. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree. And and do you know what I mean? I think you look at both the North London clubs. I know I know we, we make a lot of comparisons between Arsenal and Tottenham. And I think they both have very strong windows, very, very strong windows. And I think it's going to be a real interesting season um, in North London for both of them. Um, I'd agree. Tom... Manchester United, how do you feel? They, they made a, a couple of last-minute sign-ins. What's, what's your overall feeling? Can I just say, we sat there and watched the football together on Sunday, me, Tom and Troy, when Troy was feeling a bit better. And it was, um, obviously, we'll go a little bit later on, we're going to talk about some of the crazy results <laughs> from the weekend. But um, you were pretty, you and Troy were very vocal about the lack of sign-ins and what was needed. Um, and then deadline day came along and it, it all sort of started to kick off. What do you what do you make of what's come in? Well, I mean, it's not what we needed at all. It's not what anyone wanted at all. It's an absolute shambles, to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, Alex Tellers, he's their left back, I suppose, which is good. Was Luke Shorts. I mean, it felt like we had nine players instead of ten against top. It was painful, wasn't it, to watch Shaw at left back? Um, so painful. It it, it, it it was painful. Um, do you think that will strengthen your back four? Do you think that's what what was needed? Um, no, I mean, no. This, this, that central defensive position just needs completely overhauling. Like Harry Maguire can't cut it. Whoever they put beside him can't cut it. 
and it's just they're going after the wrong players and just nobody has any idea what they're doing in any of those positions. And I think there was an interesting comment made by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, uh, after the after the match on Sunday where, you know, I think a, a, a reporter questioned him around the lack of uh, defenders coming into the team. And I, I, I did sort of feel for the guy, really, you know, didn't really know what to say and said, well, our philosophy is we defend as a team. Not, I don't think that's a very good counter argument, <laughs> would you say? Is that why you put in Cavani, <laughs> centre back? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to get. We'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about Manchester United in in a fair while. But as, on the whole, you know, no Sancho. I know everybody thought Sancho was coming. I think Manchester United fans got a little bit obsessed with that. Um, not a great window, would you say? Definitely not a great window. I mean, even if we got Sancho, like that wouldn't have made any difference to the defensive frailties of our team at all. So, and that's really where the issues are. The goalkeeper position, the defensive position, even defensive mid is an issue as well. It's that entire backbone of the team that is severely underperforming. Yeah, and obviously... (laughs) Time will tell how you get on. Uh, moving, moving on to another team, Luke. Obviously, no. <laughs> obviously, Luke, you haven't been here for a few podcasts. Um, obviously, since the last podcast that we've had, um, Ross Barkley has come into Villa. Um, the thing I loved about this this signing, Luke, and I, I don't know if you agree, was there was no social. I mean, you might be able to tell me different actually as a Villa fan, but there was there wasn't a great deal of social media hype. It all just no, sort of happened, didn't it? It was between him and Barkley, uh, Barkley and Loftus Cheeks, weren't it? There was no rumours whatsoever. It was literally just out of nowhere. It was great. We needed him as well. He's look, he looked good, didn't he? Against Liverpool, he looked really, really good. And and obviously, a lot of signings have gone into Aston Villa. Luke, um, had you had you rate their their window? Uh, really good. We had a, we've had a really good window. Uh, arguably, people are saying one of the best up until transfer deadline. Day one of the best. Watkins come in, quality looks quality. Yeah. Um, Barkley, uh, we kept Mings with a new contract. Greenish, new contract. Douglas Louise's um, is buyback clause is now gone. We've got we've done really well. And that's the thing is it's not just the acquisitions of who you've brought in. It's 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 the people who you've you've managed to keep. Um, you know, it's it, it's 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 been it's been a really good really good summer over at Villa, and and obviously it's been showing. Um, discussed it a little bit in detail um, with the boys a couple of weeks ago. Martinez um, in goal, big signing. Would would you say? Oh, definitely. It's a uh, it's a really big signing. We uh, getting him was a difference, as you could see from his debut with a penalty save. Quality. Um, yeah, like I say, really good window. And you know what? I just want to quickly go back to the first podcast when everyone mentioned that Villa were going down. And I know it's very early on, but you saw what we've done so far, and I don't, I don't think it's happening at all. I'd like to point out at this time, I have spoken to Luke uh, off, off podcast, um, and, and I have retracted my statement that Villa will be going down. Yes, you have. I have retracted it. Troy has well, not. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come to that later on in the podcast about about who's who's doing well who's not doing well. Um, 
Uh, last signing I want to mention, uh, we, we mentioned it on last on the last edition of the podcast. Um, Chelsea have got their goalkeeper after after uh, weeks and weeks and weeks and trying to find a goalkeeper. They signed Mendy. Um, obviously, a really I mean, I think it's going to be a really, really strong signing. Obviously, me and Joe are the resident goalkeeping experts on the on the podcast. <laughs> Joe, what, what, what do you make of this signing? Do you think it's what they needed? Just see him being being good there. It's definitely what they needed. Um, I think he'll do. I think he'll do decent there. I do. Um, I don't think it shies away from the fact of what an awful deal Kepa was. Um, but Kepa's. I think it was Kepa that's come out. I've seen did a interview. He basically said he's not going to give up at Chelsea and he's going to he's going to keep fighting. Um, but I don't know if they'll give him the opportunity. Well, we'll wait and see, you know, and I saw that article you were referring to, actually, and I did think, you know, fair play. I mean, obviously, it's the media, isn't it? So you probably have to take it with a pinch of salt. But I did think fair fair play to him that he's, you know, in a situation yeah. where it's it must be a difficult situation for a goalkeeper, very similar to what's happening at Manchester United um, with with the two keepers. You know, two, two well, quality keepers on their day. Um and they're fighting for the number one jersey, aren't they? Um, yeah, I just want to. I just do well. Yeah, no, I agree, Tom. I just want to get your opinion on that. Actually, you know, we 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 talked about it with Troy a couple of weeks ago um, about the goalkeeping situation at Manchester United. Um, mm. Obviously, as a as a, a a goalkeeper who's hoping to get number one for England, do you think Henderson's made the right choice staying at Man, uh, Man United? Uh, I mean. Based on the season so far, the fact that um, Oli is sticking with David De Gea as first choice, it's going to be difficult for him to, I think, actually break into that first choice for England spot. But the performances that he's putting in, like I saw him in the Cup uh, against Brighton uh, in the Carabao Cup, and he made a couple of fantastic saves that De Gea probably would have let in um, at this point of time. So I think that goalkeeping situation is one that's going to be interesting to watch as the season develops, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, it's something we're going to be talking about quite a lot. Um, we're going to go to a, com- a commercial, get our 5p paid for, um, and then we're going to come back and talk about Hooray. the crazy two weeks that we've had in fixtures. So, um, Luke, what happens now? Go to the break. Oh, honestly, Luke. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Cue the music. This episode of the Premier League Fan Podcast is sponsored by our podcast provider, Anchor. Now, Anchor is a free app that you can download on your iPhone or iPad or any of your mobile phones. It is free to use and it has everything you need to create your own podcast. Now, trust me, if the four of us idiots can use it, anyone can use it. It's so easy. Go to Anchor FM to start your podcast today. Now, sit back and enjoy the Premier League Fan Podcast. I would just like to point out a quick disclaimer that I haven't been in the past couple of pods, so I did forget, but it was cue the music. It was, it was cue the music. Yes, Luke. 
Luke, if you turned up, if you turned up to more podcasts, maybe you'd know what know the drill by now. I mean, eventually you'll get there. Maybe it'll <laughs> maybe maybe it'll have to wait till game week thirty eight for you to finally get the picture. But um, probably more performing. <laughs> right, let's let, let's crack on and talk about you know the Premier League. What we're here to talk about. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start off by discussing the last two weeks um, ups and downs and drama by talking about. Our good old buddy, old pal, VAR. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> obviously, this, this, this. Uh, so, so game week four, uh, which is the game week we've just had this weekend. Last weekend we've just just gone. A lot of drama, lots of ups and downs, but it did not compare to the VAR drama of week three and the almighty handball situation. Um, obviously, it was so controversial that. Uh, FA's the FA and the officials of the Premier League have got together and actually decided to ease the the handball role. But a few occasions that I want to just dis- uh, talk to you about. Um, obviously, Kieran Dyer handball um, uh, against. Um, uh, Do you mean Eric Dyer? Eric Dyer. Yeah. Do you know what? What I, as soon as it came out my mouth, I thought, "What's going on?" It's a live pod. Who is Kieran Dyer? It's an ex Newcastle player. Oh right, yeah, that's the one. That's not the one. We're talking about Eric Dyer. Thank you very much for. We're gonna need to make a blooper soon. <laughs> well, it's, a, it, it's the it's the beauty of recording live, isn't it? So Eric Dyer, sorry. As you as the as the one listener probably knows, I'm terrible with names. So um, we'll carry we'll carry on. Eric Dyer, um, and there was also Joel Ward at Crystal Palace as well, um. Both got awarded penalties, both in a situation where the referee went over to the screen. What did you, what did you guys make of that? Did anybody watch any of these decisions? Tom, yeah. Tom, what, what did you make of it? Uh, firstly, the Eric Dyer one is a def, definite penalty. Handball. The Joel Do Ward, you agree? Yeah, 100%. Why wow. Why is he his arm up in the air? Like, it doesn't make... He looks like he's flapping his wings. Oh, Honestly. I'm amazed at that to be honest with you I, be, I watched I watched both of them and I just thought what's it what's the defender meant to do there you know you, you're jumping in you're jumping in I mean, I mean like a normal person but the thing is he's on his way down and then he's flung his arm up in the air like nobody does that like any professional footballer in the Premier League can learn to jump in a regular manner. Like, Fair enough. Joe, what do you make of it? No, it's... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're wrong. It's... I just... And, I, you know, I, I hate... I hate Dyer, you know. I don't like the guy. Um, but... <laughs> It's, it's not a penalty. Like, Sorry if you're watching. We didn't mean to call you Kieran or say we hate you. Carry on. No, I, I meant it. <laughs> I don't think he listens, but yeah, carry on. Oh right, okay, we're all right then. Um, I just, I just can't work out. People are like, why is his arm there? You know, if you get put off balance by a small amount, regardless, your arms go out to stabilise you, regardless of where they're going. Right? Occasionally, it may be above your head. You know. Are you telling me that you've never jumped in a football match and your hands not been like by your side? Because it happens all the time. And if you, if it's coming from that close, it's it's simply not a penalty. You obviously have not meant to put your hand there. 
and it, and it, it's so obvious as well. Like you take the Mulpai one um, from United Brighton. Clearly, he's trying to put his arm in the way, and clearly was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, I think one. I think that's a situation where that's a definite penalty. I mean, obviously, there was drama in, in in that situation because it happened after the final whistle. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second, but. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to sit right between the middle of you two. I mean, we'll get Luke's opinion in a minute, but um, I'm going to sit right oh, in the middle of you, you two and 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 think. I can see why they did it because they want to try and make the rule consistent, but I don't think the rule was right. And I think I think that's the situation we're in. Luke, what did you make of the whole handball situation? Did you watch any of them? I'm not going to lie, I would agree with Joe. Um, I do think as well. I've done it in the past. Um, when you jump up, when you jump up to block block, you do use your hands as momentum to jump forward. It's a natural move of the arm. Like you can't help it if your hands in the hands. If it, it's like Joe, if it's up above your head, then that's intentional. You've intentionally moved your hand, but it's just a natural flow of the arm. Uh, I don't think it's the same. I mean, you two are Sunday League, and obviously we are talking about Premier League footballers, so I can sort of see where Tom's coming from, but. Don't you think? Don't you think this 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 highlights exactly the problem with VAR? VAR. I mean, Graham Sooness said it on 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 Super Sunday, and it what it was a super super Sunday this week. VAR is it's not a machine. It's not a robot. It's a it's a person sat in a room with an opinion, and I think until. It's it, it it's just another opinion, and I think that's where we're going to have the issue with VAR. Um, Tom, do you think, do, do, do any of you guys, obviously they've changed the situation, they've changed the rules of handball, um, no penalties were awarded for handball this, this weekend, do you think that, that's the, the, the best way of doing it? What, what do you make of how, what they've done? Well, just to echo your point, Chris, yeah, like the actual problem is the, the rules themselves and the application of the rules, not the technology or anything like that and it's the handball rule they changed it like it's so easy to see whether it is deliberate or not and yet they still make the wrong choices as to whether it's a deliberate handball or not based on the fact that there's this other component of the rule which says is it a natural body position so if it's so that was the overarching rule yeah but were given on some occasions like the dire one is an unnatural position i could understand it's not deliberate which i probably wouldn't have given it because it definitely wasn't deliberate but that wasn't the rule at the time now they're saying mm. it's based on whether it's deliberate or not but so. again it's a matter of opinion you know what what and, and obviously you and me tom are, are, are in one camp joe and luke are in the other camp you know, if, if if Joe or Luke was VARing that game, they wouldn't have given it. You know, and it's it's it's, yeah. a, it's a matter of opinion. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Manchester United game um, against at, at Brighton. First of all, an incredible game, incredible game of football. I really did enjoy that one. Um, but there was the controversy at the final whistle. Oof. The final whistle blew, and the referee gave. Um, a penalty. Joe, do you think that was the right thing to do? I didn't. I didn't, but now I do. Um, yeah. So originally when it happened, my first thought was literally, you have blown your whistle, which indicates the game is over. Like, that's it. Game finished. 
you can't just then be like, ah, oh, actually now boys have a penalty. But then I read the ruling on it because that's what I wanted to understand is what is the ruling. Now, the only bit I'm confused about is they said that the action was in game time and therefore the referee can go back and, and say penalty. But that's where I got to thinking of, right, if that's the case, why isn't that been for when VAR looked at the incidents uh, or when they looked at the incident last season where they were like, yeah, it's, made, it's been an error. Um, I think it was the, the ball going over the net for Villa, wasn't it? Was yes, that, that was. was. Oh, yes. But do you know <laughs> what? Oh, All jokes aside... <laughs> I know we wind I know we wind Luke up about that situation, this, this but that, that, saying, though, but that is exactly that, what was my thought was. Well, it's was exactly what my thought was. Yeah. And that's what I don't get is why it's applied in this instant, but it hasn't been applied before and we've never seen it before changing any decisions. Why is it now? Because it's Manchester United. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> that's my only thing about it. Yes, I do think it was yes, they should have had it. They scored it, fine, they get the win. Cool. I do agree that that was what should have happened, but that should have been the case for other things previously. And the big example being that ghost goal that wasn't given. And obviously, I'll, I'll echo that before we go to Tom, who I'm sure is going to turn around and completely disagree with Joe. Um, I, that was exactly where my head was. My, my head was, well, hang on, he's blown his final whistle. We're now going to VAR. The argument was, as you said, it, it happened in game time. But then I thought, well, we're not. it wouldn't happen if we were all at home that night. And then a referee went out publicly and said, oh, you know that goal that happened at three o'clock? Yeah, we're going to give that now. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, what's the difference here? And I thought, well, they are still in game time. But I completely agree. That was where my thought went. And I know it's a big bugbear of mine. I know it's a big bugbear about mine, that goal. But that's where my <laughs> head was. Um, but obviously, we can't change the situation. Tom time for you to disagree with with joe do you think the goal should have been given do you think the penalty should have been given uh i actually do agree with joe although i don't agree that he came to the decision a bit too late but he got there in the end is all that matters yes it was definitely a pen yes it was the absolute right decision to go check it and then give it and and I, i agree as well like there have been numerous occasions absolutely numerous occasions where later on in the game it's been looked at and it's clear that the referees made the wrong decision and a penalty should have been a rewarded or a goal or whatever um and yeah those ones haven't been given yet this one they did go back and give it and it just happened to be at the final whistle like i don't think that has any bearing whatsoever it just it was always going to happen like there was always that yeah that a foul was going to be committed or a handball or whatever at the time that the referee blows their whistle. That was always yeah. an op- um, a, a chance that would happen. So, um, and yeah, well within their rights to give the penalty. But yeah, I do agree that there's massive inconsistency. There is, there is. Luke, have you got any opinions on this? I think that one was pretty much summed up, Jeff. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I think. I think the guy. I think the boys have really summed that one up. I think. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if it happened in the 80th minute, no one would be batting an eyelid. But it just happened just before the final whistle. So, I can see why it happened. I can see why it happened 
in hindsight i think at the time i was a little bit surprised at what i was watching um i think i think consistency is the big thing and that and that's and that's the case with everything including what we just you know var it's it's all about consistency and that's what lacks and that's what the argument comes you know you take what's happened there's quite a few things that have happened with arsenal in the last couple of weeks um Mane elbowed Tierney in the face in my opinion I thought that was a red um I thought he deliberately put up his arm but then you take the things such as um Aubameyang got lunged in at two feet off the floor studs onto the ankle straight away my head literally I I, I had it on mute at the time that the TV because I was with some friends um and it was kind of going on the background and I looked at the TV and I said surely that's a red card and VAR didn't even look at it. And that is And there was also the same situation where um, uh, it was Villa against Sheffield United and um, uh, Sheffield United got a red card for uh, sort of some shirt pulling and, and sort of denying a, a clear goal scoring opportunity. The same thing happened against Sheffield United this weekend and it didn't even go to VAR and I think you are right I think until we get this consistency in place which is difficult it's always going to be a talking point it's always going to be something that's that's brought up but they're not even consistent in the same game literally the best example going from Tottenham Man United one person's hit someone in the face yeah hit him in the face Martial's been sent off and the men are walking about yeah (laughs) What? I, mean, I mean, Tom, what's your opinion? Because obviously I was sat there watching it with you, Tom. Um, and yeah. and I, I'm sure Troy would love to be here because Troy was <laughs> Troy was seething oh, at that stage. Geez. And uh, Troy was sat there with me and Tom saying, I can't wait to get on the podcast and discuss this. I need to talk about this. Um, so I'm sure Troy is, is gutted that he's, he's, on, he's on, not. On <laughs> it was funny to watch. Well, um, <laughs> I might not uh, be as fiery as Troy. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you you can give us the calm and placid, which is sometimes what this podcast needs, Tom. So what, what, did, you, what did you make of that Martial situation? Ah, oh, baffling. Absolutely baffling. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yes, Martial shouldn't have retaliated and you know, shouldn't have raised his hand to his face. And yeah, he definitely deserved to be sent off. But <laughs> the Lamella one, he's basically elbowed him in the face. And he's not, like, VAR has not looked at it, not even considered it. And it's just, I just, I just don't even Luke, understand it. Luke let's, Luke, let's get your opinion on, on this VAR situation. Do you think it's a situation where Lamella went down like he was l- looking for an Oscar um, and Martial stood up strong? And obviously the person who looked like he was going for the Oscar came out and got what he wanted. Huh. Do you think do you think they, those kind of things are swaying referees too much? It's definitely swaying them too much. It's it, either way, looking them back at it, it was a, it was two red cards. Either player both red cards. There's no debate in it at all. It was plain and simple. It, he's hitting first. It's retaliation like Tom said, but at the end of the day, it's two red cards. The referees are being swayed too much. It's just like typical nowadays with diving. Like Peter players dive initially it's a foul and it, but I don't or, even understand how they've come to that decision because the commentators are straight away like he's hit him he's hit him so it's yeah, two words yeah. or you yeah. or uh, as a lot of people have said 
tell them to stop being idiots, book them both, yellows, get on with the game. Fine by my, gotta, my eyes. They haven't um, But you've got to... I don't understand how someone's gone up to that screen or VAR has looked... You, do you know what I mean? And gone, oh, yeah, he smacked him, but then he sent him... I do. I genuinely think it is the theatrics. It's like you look at penalty shouts now and, you know, there are times where, you know, I sit over and watch football live. I watch football on TV and I think that looks like a pen. But because the players got straight back up and not made a fuss, it's like we're not gonna, even going to look at that. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is, is there is, is theatrics becoming part of the game where if, yes. if you don't do all of that, you ain't going to get what you want? Yeah, you know, that's up for debate. Um, okay, so we are going to move on now and we're going to talk about what a crazy old weekend it was. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to talk about this weekend's results. And Luke, I know you are chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get the big one out of the way. Um, we'll get the big one out of the way. Obviously, it was a very, very depressing household uh, when I got home from Tom Peaches at the weekend. My family were not very happy. It was literally like someone had, had, had you know, died. And yeah. Um, yeah, Liverpool. Can I just say before before we go any further, I think social media, Sky Sports, and, and everybody they talk so much about Liverpool's downfall, but not a lot was mentioned about how incredibly well Aston Villa played that day. And I tell you what, it was it was incredible yeah. to watch. And we'll, I think, I, I think. We'll, the other three of us will agree with that. I mean, obviously Luke's going to agree with it, but I think the other three of us will completely agree. They were. It was an incredible performance by Aston Villa. Luke, what, what did you make of it? Probably uh, couldn't believe it, but 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 yeah. No, I'll tell you what. I went, I went into the game just before speaking to my family first, speaking to um, some of my mates from Birmingham, and just uh, basically I was saying I would love it if we only lost one 0 and put up a good performance. There's no chance we're going to win. We came out, we went 1-0 up, screaming, couldn't believe it. I was like, when, it, when we got to 2-1 and Salah like, was going to bring it back after that finish, it was just a tap-in. I thought, that's it, it's game over now, we're going to start pushing back, it's it. But no, we held our own, and Dean Smith after the game said it was a tactic the whole time. Liverpool play a high line, and other, and other teams haven't got the, like, they haven't pushed on enough to hit the ball over the top. And that's all they were doing. Grealish just picking the ball up and looking for a switch ball, and it worked really well. And it, it, it works it works an absolute treat and i tell you what i sat there and i tell you what 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 got me when i was watching it is me me and joe and troy were talking about after the arsenal liverpool game um, pitch by the strike <laughs> who's darth vader <laughs> what what's What's going on there <laughs> no, sorry, Luke. I was falling asleep there. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll move back onto the topic. So, Watkins was a midfielder, had a lot of energy. He was an engine. He didn't stop running. When he was stuck up against Gomez that whole game, Gomez looked dreadful. I'm not saying that's just because Watkins played well, but I don't think Gomez could match the intensity. I don't think he had it in his locker, especially with Grealish coming off the side, which was one reason why Saunas, his name, I can't remember, the, the commentator, he, he was he was just bagging on... Uh, oh, Saunas. Yeah, he was bagging on Gomez the whole game. Needs to come off, Carragher was doing the same. He had a really poor game, but I think Liverpool are missing Mane. 
that's their liquid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I. I I, I I thought I thought there's you know there's there's obviously we're missing Allison missing Mane etc etc it doesn't it you know it doesn't take I mean obviously at the time I was throwing all the excuses under the sun sat there with Troy and uh, <laughs> you know so, you know saying called off I mean I was suggesting that the game should have been called off because there was two coronavirus cases uh, but <laughs> no no sit you know sitting back and reflecting on it now I mean Villa were incredible you know really really incredible um. Joe, we're in second place. Hello, can't believe it. And exactly, I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, Joe, um, uh, Tom, let's talk about the other massive game that happened at the weekend. Joe, um, Manchester United won Tottenham Hotspur six. Obviously, yeah. you don't you don't really like either team. But what do you make of that result? I mean, oh, I think. It was a mixture of two things. First of all, it showed what Tottenham are capable of um, by far. Um, and it showed what a deep hole Man United are in. Um, and people would say they went down to 10 men. I thought they were appalling before they even went down to 10 men. Um, I, I was in the car on the way back from London and I was watching it on my phone, um, which was funny because I thought, oh, nothing will happen. I'll, I'll chuck it on at half time. Um, United were one new up in one minute. Obviously, got a penalty. I mean, obvious. Um, and I was like, oh well, let's have a look, see what's going on. Next thing I know, it's two on Tottenham, and I'm thinking, what a game! Turn my phone off, and suddenly there's a red card. And um, I think Man United were just picked apart so easily. And I think what it shows is without their attacking trio performing, because that's what saved them, and that's what we're all so gassed about at the end of last season. That's why we thought United were going to do well. They're attacking trailer on point. We said they still need to, you know, bring in signings defensively, but their attacking trailer is going to keep them up and they're going to get top four. They're not performing at the moment uh, or not as well as they should be. Uh, and and it's just showing exactly exactly that. And, and it's almost like, I, I go as far as Pentry said, you know, Arsenal over the last couple of years, the dressing room has not been a good place to be in. And players have come out and said that. And you almost get that feeling with Man United. I mean, people aren't backing Maguire. Uh, um, there's there's calls all over social media saying that he shouldn't be captain anymore. You've got to think how that's affecting the dressing room. You know, the new guys come in, Van der Beek, and his agents come out and said, why the hell is he on the bench? And that's got to be causing issues. And it, it just seems like a real mess. And they've got to sort it out soon, otherwise it's going to affect them for a couple of seasons. Tom, I can see you sat there. You, you're nodding. You're shaking your head. You look like you're chomping at the bit. Um, <laughs> obviously, can I just say before we go to Tom, a very very funny picture on our social media at PL Fan Podcast is live reaction at 90 minutes. Me and Troy. Um, Troy is not a happy bunny. Um, uh, go and have a look at that photo because it did picture make me laugh. It was it was before the Liverpool Villa game, but it was a very funny picture. I do, I do recommend you go and have a look at that on our social media at PL Fan Podcast. Tom, you are chomping at the bit. What what did you make of that that whole performance uh, on Sunday? I mean, I couldn't really agree any more with Joe. Like, it's, he's absolutely hit the nail on the head, and it's I there are no words. I feel like Patrice Evra right now. Like I could actually cry at how bad it was. 
<laughs> he was he was very vocal, wasn't he? Patrice Everett going back. In, incredible television to watch. Um, obviously, we're talking a lot about Manchester United and we're talking a lot about. And again, I just want to flip it over and talk about Spurs. I thought I thought it was, you know, to take nothing away from Spurs in that game. It was an incredible, incredible performance. And one thing I'm really liking watching when I'm watching Spurs is how Harry Kane and I've never been a massive fan of Harry Kane, to be honest with you. But how he's sitting in a deeper number nine role and sort of playing the kind of role that um, that Firmino plays at Liverpool. So sort of a deeper nine laying off the wingers, possibly already and waiting for Bale to come in the team so that he can start laying off those wingers. Um, but no, t- Tom, take nothing away from uh, from Spurs on Sunday. It was it was a it was a quality performance. You were beaten by a very good team. Oh, yeah. Definitely, like Spurs really did show what they could do in that match. And like you say, Harry Kane is suddenly turned into this playmaking genius. Like yeah. that, he's revealed this like other part of his game that you know outside of the goals, he's now creating all of these opportunities. And luckily, he's got Son there to put them all away. But um, yeah, and one thing, one thing we were talking about on Sunday, you know, and I'm sure you two can weigh in on this the other uh joe and luke if you're gareth southgate and you're looking at the striking options uh, for england you've got harry kane uh you know callum wilson uh ollie watkins you know you've got you've got all of these you know calvert lewin um you know ings at southampton you've got so many names to be picking from that are are all in form and that all are doing cracking you know cracking work you know, we spoke about Cavett Lewin two weeks ago on the podcast. He's still knocking in goals for fun. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a real good situation to be in as an England fan. I just you know, hopefully we can sort the the back end out. Um, Southgate is that I don't think he's a very good manager personally. I think I he's going to stick with Kane. No, I, I like, don't agree. Um, Eddie Howe's um, looking for a job, and I think he'd be perfect for England. But I'd agree <laughs> uh, personally. I'd it's been a agree. it's been a few weeks since I've mentioned Eddie Howe. That's that's made me feel happy. Um, one <laughs> one <laughs> one other thing I want to talk about. So obviously, uh, weekend before last, we had um, Man City lose at home to Leicester five uh, two, um, and West Brom versus Chelsea three three. This is a situation of Everton are unbeaten. Do we feel like this has a touch of 2015 about it when Leicester won the Premier League? Do you think it's a kind of kind of kind of year? Uh, there's no fans. I'll tell you what I think. Anything it is. can happen. I'll tell you what I think it is. Uh, I think lockdown has really, really screwed up um, the bigger teams because they've played more matches than than us. They've had like Europa League or Champions League. They're probably knackered. They've come back. They haven't had much time off. And obviously with Villa buying some newer players who obviously haven't been playing as many games for Watkins because of the championship, they're fitter. And I think it's really shown. Everton have bought new players. They've got Allen in. They've got Calvert-Lewin, who they they were just in the Premier League. They haven't played any extra games. And it's showing they're performing a lot better now. I really think it's made a difference. Joe, do you you think it's anyone's year? What do you think? Yeah, I do. Well... It's so difficult to say off one weekend for sure. Yeah, um, we, we've had we've had a, we've had a good few weeks now, haven't we? But you know, but I it hasn't hasn't been Villa, a good start. I do think Villa may have shown. I think because I didn't really put put uh, 
my ideas forward in regards to the Villa match, but what I thought was that Villa may have exposed what teams need to do because Villa went in and they weren't scared. You go back to the Arsenal match, I thought that we set up so defensively because we knew that Liverpool would attack and that's why they did attack constantly and we lost you know, 3-1 in the end. Yeah. Villa were just like, actually, we're going to attack Liverpool. And Liverpool would just like, oh, uh, what do we do now? Uh, oh, concede seven goals. Yeah, yeah he did. And, and that was the difference. Much. And do you know what? That's going to happen again this season. It will, because now teams are going to think, well, Villa can do it, we can do it. And yeah. you'll see it. And I think they'll drop points. City will drop points. And I do think it could be any season. Um, I don't think it'll be Villa's season. I don't think they're going to win the Prem. <laughs> I, I do think that Everton will be up there. I do think they could they could be up there for sure. A lot of agreeing nods there at that statement, Joe. A lot of agreeing nods. Yeah, that... Well, other teams aren't even... You know, we spoke at the start of the season about how much good business Chelsea were doing. I think Fernand scored one goal in the Cup. I think Havertz has only scored goals in the Cup. Um, you know, they're big money signings, aren't they? I know but they it... just went 4-0 or something, but... But it could it it could be a case of you bring too many big names into a club, too many names all in one hit, and they can't gel. You know, you see it happen so many times. Um, Tom, do you think do you think it's anybody's season? What do you make of this whole situation? Do you think do you think it it could be anyone's year? Well, I mean, I'm really glad defending's gone out the window this season. (laughs) It really has, isn't it? Yeah, really has. Um, But yeah, I do agree. I think it like Everton are in with a shot, you know, they're probably looking at what Leicester did and thinking, well, if Leicester could do it, we could do it. Um, and yeah, like uh, like Joe said, the way that Aston Villa played against Liverpool um, is just an example to every other team that you can go and just do the same thing to Liverpool's high line and they'll crumble as easy as that. But um yeah, you know, no doubt there'll be a reaction from Liverpool now, of course, and Jurgen Klopp will probably try and counteract that in some way. But it's it's like Joe says, that fear is gone now, and I think teams will definitely be attacking Liverpool a lot more, and uh, yeah, just basically throwing the whole Premier League title race open or top forward race open at least. Uh, we could we could talk about this whole situation all night I'm sure you know we are a bit of a time limit but I want to quickly talk about the bottom end of the table um Burnley Sheffield United and Fulham still without a point at the moment um obviously I I I made a prediction in the first podcast of the series that I thought Burnley were going to really struggle haven't spent any money um at all and I really do think they're going to struggle where do where do you guys see those three teams Burnley Sheffield United Fulham what what do you make of them I can't see it fluctuating much. I, Sheffield United had a good season last season, but the problem is you saw them play against Villa. They didn't look that good. They didn't really have much of a threat. They were just a very, very much counter-attacking team. They were down to 10 men, so he didn't get a full. He didn't get, he didn't get to see them attack properly, but they didn't look that good. And the thing is, they haven't really spent much of that, as far as I'm aware. I, I think they're going to struggle this season. I really do. Joe, what do you make of those bottom three at the moment, the three that aren't on the points? Um, Fulham, I mean, Paddy Power have already paid out on them getting relegated, um, <laughs> which is brilliant. Have they really? That's that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they are in big, big trouble. 
um, they they're going to really struggle. I can't see them finishing anywhere other than twentieth right now. Um, Sheffield United. I mean, we made them look good at the weekend uh, because that's what Arsenal like to do. But apart from a lovely goal from McGoldrick, actually they offered very, very little against the uh, side for 45 minutes that we didn't even look like we were trying. So I think, yeah, I do think they'll be down there. Um, Burnley, for some reason in my mind, I just can't see Burnley going down, but I don't see any reason why they can't. I, I think, I think, Joe... I think I think Joe. The only the, I mean the only the only thing that I think would would keep them up is 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 the manager. You know, I think Sean Dyche is a great manager. Yeah. I think if, if there's anybody that you would think actually I want him in the foxhole with me, and I think he can fight. And it's it's got to be Sean Dyche, isn't it? But I don't. I felt there's only so much a good manager can do, as last season proved with Mister Eddie Howe. Yeah. Um, the only thing <laughs> I will say is um, Fulham. Did they? Because it, it was so under the radar. Did they get? Was it Loftus Cheek? They get. Loftus yes, Cheek? that was the deadline they day did. signing. So yeah. I so who knows? It's very quiet, but he'll be massive for Fulham. He'll be massive for them. Yeah. Uh, Tom, bottom three. What? Did, anything you want to add? Um, no, not really. I agree with everything that's been said. Um, yeah. Weird about Burnley though, because like Joe says. I just never think about Burnley and then they just always magically end up in 10th to 15th in the league every season. Yeah. So just, yeah, it's weird, but they could go down. We will wait and see. Um, right. Before we go, we, you know, we're going to wrap this up. We're go- you know, we've moved uh, the Joe, uh, Joe knows this. He was here on the podcast last week. Luke, Tom, we've moved away from the goal of the goal of the fortnight, etc. We're doing ballers of the fortnight fortnight. Who's had a great fortnight? Um, I'm starting this week. There's four of us. We we picked four a fortnight. I'm starting. I'm going to go a little bit of an outsider because I know last podcast we we picked a lot of players from Everton and it was a little bit of a struggle. Um, so I'm I'm going to go with someone different, someone who I think go stepped on. into the shoes go of a number one goalkeeper. No, I haven't. I'm going to go with Carl Darlow from. Oh. <laughs> I'm going with Carl Darlow from uh, Newcastle. Reason being, he had a cracking game. It's, he's, he's basically the standing goalkeeper that's standing in for Debravka. Had a great game against Tottenham. Made some incredible saves. And he's, and he's had a really, really good couple of weeks. So, obviously, I'm a big goalkeeping fan. That really made me turn my head. So, Carl, Carl, Carl Darlow from... I mean, I've probably pronounced his name wrong. You know what I'm like on this podcast. But that's who I'm going for. Um Luke. Oh, hang on. No, sorry. Joe, we're going to go to Joe next. It's too late. late. You've ruined it. Sorry. Sorry. I'll go next. Go go on, Luke. So, everyone's thinking I'd say Grealish. I'm actually not going with him. I'm going with Watkins because not only has he just come in for uh, his, his debut, I've never saw a striker at Villa, well, in so long that's put so much effort into 90 minutes of football. He's like an engine. He don't stop running. He puts lots of pressure on. He's only five foot eleven, but he wins a lot of headers. He's very physical, and he scored out this last game against Liverpool. Left foot, yeah. right foot header. I do it. I do agree, and I think it's very hard not to pick someone from Aston Villa. To be honest with you, at the moment, um, uh, let's get. We'll, 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 we'll come to you last, Joe. Now, now we've now we've spoiled the big surprise. Tom, who's your baller of the fortnight? Who's had a standout fortnight, in your opinion? 
Uh, it was between the two Tottenham forwards for me, uh, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Son, Hungmin Son for me. We're going for, yeah, we're going for Son. We had Son two weeks ago, but we can have him again. I mean, he's, he's had another standout fortnight. Great. Yeah, so uh, Son, another, another great fortnight he's had. Um, Tottenham again, quality. And last, but by no means least, we go to Joe Ranger. Joe, what do you? What? Yeah. Who is your baller of the fortnight? Oh God, this is uh, recording. <laughs> it's uh, it's Jack Grealish. Do you uh, know what? Yes, <laughs> I agree. I and, agree. And what a baller he has been. And I tell you what, this will prove it for me. When I said Gareth Southgate is a bad manager, if Grealish is not in that team, on when are we playing? Sunday. I don't know. It changes every time. I swear. I don't. I don't know. To um, be honest with you, Sunday, um, and if he is not in that team, that says it all. He's been incredible, and he just looks like he's enjoying it. It's the best bit. Yeah. He's just enjoying his football, and. I'll be, on, really... I'll, I'll be completely honest when I was thinking of my baller of the fortnight my first instinct was Jack Grealish and I genuinely thought that somebody else was going to pick him so I thought I wanted to go a little bit out, out off the radar and go a little bit outside the box but yeah, yeah I mean yeah. Jack Grealish I mean just think Smith, it... though, I mean Mohamed El Nani so good but I think it would just have to be uh, Jack Grealish. yeah I mean obviously <laughs> <laughs> obviously we, we, we've got a whole season to go so you know we'll, we'll, we'll I'm sure some of these names that we that have just missed out will make it um but yeah so young min son um Carl Darlow uh Ollie Watkins Jack Grealish they are our balls of the fortnight we are out of time for one episode for this episode I want to thank Tom Joe Luke Troy I hope you're thank feeling you, better Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much for joining me, boys. We'll see you again in two weeks' time when we will be discussing game week five. There's only one week that we can discuss next time because obviously it's international break. But hopefully it will be a fun-packed week of football. Otherwise, we will have nothing to talk about on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. We are flat out of time for another week on the Premier League Fan Podcast. Please join us again in two weeks' time on the 23rd of October, where we will be discussing all of the drama, all of the spills, all of the thrills from game week number five after the international break. As always, you can join us on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that other stuff, at PL Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again.